0: You're listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Walcom, and this is the Save the Marriage Podcast, the podcast that I designed a number of years back now in order to help you save your relationship. You know, when I started this podcast, I wondered exactly how much I had to talk about, and here we are almost 400 episodes in if you include a couple of bonus episodes Wow. What a journey it's been. This has been listened to around the world. It's been downloaded now over 3.75 million times. It amazes me. It tells me a couple of things. One thing is that people are out to save their marriage. The other thing it tells me is that people are in trouble in their marriage, and I want to be a part of your process of rebuilding wherever you are. In fact, that's what I want to talk about today, where you find yourself in the midst of this crisis. So in my Save the Marriage system, which is really kind of the the beginning point for a lot of people of walking into saving their marriage, they have to get there first, but that's the place where they dig in and really learn the skills, where you can learn the skills you need to save your marriage. But in that program, I have a quick start guide. What I realized years ago is that you can't just say marriage crisis, here's where you are and and get busy. It's marriage crisis. There are eight stages to a marriage crisis, and each one actually needs a different approach. Now, there are parts that, you know, they might share. So one and two have some similarities and, you know, seven and eight have some similarities. There's a big break at one point that really kind of changes the whole pattern of this. And that is when a spouse moves out. And I I go through that in each of the stages and describe that for you in depth. Um, But that is kind of the stage of the marriage crisis. And what I want to focus on today is the stage of your awareness of the crisis, Because that can happen at at different levels. And in fact, it can grow as it it goes along. But there are different levels to understanding and realizing what's going on on around you. Have you noticed that some people just kind of go through and are kind of oblivious of things that are going on around them? I've had this experience where I've talked to people and one person will tell me about all these horrible things that happened and someone who was with them at the same time will go, wow, I didn't even notice that. I wasn't aware of that going on. So we all have a different level of kind of situational awareness, to use a term from, uh, you know, from military and from safety perspective. Uh, situational awareness means that wherever you are, you kind of understand what's going on around you that may put you at risk. Situational awareness is something that uh, many people who are you know, trying to be in protective occupations want to practice. In fact, when I was going through all of my first aid training, it's kind of the first point is situational awareness. Stop and notice what's around you. Now, I remember the, in, the times when I was going through each of the first aid trainings, and I, I've done so many first aid trainings in my life. I remember you know, when I was uh, training for junior lifeguarding uh, as a teenager at the pool, we had to go through that. And then again, uh, at another program I was in, we had to all be certified in first aid. And then again, when I was helping out with my son's uh, Cub Scout and then Boy Scout program. And then again, as I was training to be a scuba instructor, I had to go through an extensive first aid training and the first rule stop and notice before you just jump in and do something stop and notice that's building the situational awareness so you're able to look around and, and kind of scan for what the threat is what what problems you might have coming towards you well this is partly the case with a marriage crisis. <laughs> a lot of people people a lot of times people just jump in and start doing everything they can looking at articles looking at videos looking at all kinds of things and they just kind of throw it under this thing of I'll do this right and it kind of feels like that you know throw everything against the wall let's see what sticks except for some of them fight against each other <laughs> and if you're not aware of the subtleties of what you're doing just because you don't have the awareness you just start slinging stuff at your marriage Much to the chagrin of your spouse and much to the detriment of the relationship. So part of what we're starting with is this situational awareness of where things are. So let's just talk through these stages that happen when there's a marriage crisis. So first of all, we've already assumed that there is a marriage crisis. And the starting point for this, the starting point, the first stage I refer to as asleep. That's when you know the crisis is brewing, things are happening, but the person is just like they're asleep at the wheel. They don't even notice what's going on around them. And for most people, this is the starting point. Oftentimes, a spouse is struggling long before the spouse admits to the struggling. And by the way, oftentimes the marriage is kind of sliding into a crisis and neither person is even aware of it. Sometimes people talk to me and they'll tell me, you know, that the crisis started and they'll name a time. A week ago, two weeks ago, a month ago, six months ago, a year ago, five years ago. But as they start talking to me, it's very clear that the crisis predated their awareness. So what was happening? They were asleep. They didn't notice what was happening. So asleep doesn't mean you're trying to ignore it. Right, It means that your mind is elsewhere, sleeping, zeroed in on another reality. It kind of reminds me of what I see so often with that push button, the pause button marriage. That pause button marriage, meaning they hit the pause button, they pushed it, and they didn't really think much about it. But slowly over time, the relationship is being eaten away, and they don't know it. Because they're in the la-la land of whatever it was that led them to hit the pause button. Parenting or job or whatever it was. So they hit pause and they stopped paying attention. So they fell asleep in the midst of the whole marriage. Here's the problem. In those situations, one spouse often wakes up before the other one does. And realizes there's a problem. So one person often coming to me has been asleep for some time and wasn't aware that maybe even the spouse was doing some things either to help the relationship or to help themselves to deal with what's going on, to deal with the disconnect, to deal with the pain. But they have that level of being, having been asleep. So asleep is what happens when the crisis is going on and you're not even aware that it's building. And so then we hit that next point of aware you know something's not right. And many times this can be either a person who kind of wakes up and says, huh, things aren't right. There's something wrong here. I'm aware that my spouse is always irritated or I'm aware that my spouse doesn't want to spend time with me or I'm aware that I am always irritated and I don't want to spend time with my spouse. I'm aware we're not getting what we want out of the relationship. I'm aware that things have changed. So there's an awareness to this. And at this point, it would be really cool if everybody suddenly went, hey, we need to address this. We're aware there's a problem. Let's figure out how to get through it. The reality is that's not the case. When I first wrote the primary module in the Save the Marriage system, I wrote it as a way for people to have a great marriage. And the problem is that very few people look at a marriage uh, process or a marriage program not when their marriage is okay and they want to make it better. They don't look until it's less than okay, right? It's in trouble. And the problem with aware is that most people just kind of go, oh, I hope it takes care of itself. Well, we'll wait for the kids to get old enough. Well, we'll wait for this other time to come. They don't really take action. And the problem is that being aware of a problem and not taking action doesn't change the trajectory very much. Sometimes people tell me about this stage as the place where they you know, maybe try to take a few changes. Maybe they try date night a little bit. Or maybe they tried to be really nice with the presents or tried a a holiday or vacation or something like that. Just something that they felt might be like a Band-Aid. And what they didn't realize was there was always already a festering infection going on in the relationship. And so the awareness usually doesn't lead to much change. In fact... In the cases I've seen where they become aware and decide to take action, it doesn't take a whole lot to get things back on track. But most of the time, they let it go. They're aware that something's not right, but they don't take the time, the energy, the effort to figure out what it would be to turn it around, which leads to the next stage, which is when you go on alert, when you're at alert, you're very clear that something is wrong. And it usually is something that is about your spouse, right? At alert, most people are looking for what's wrong with my spouse. Why is my spouse not happy? Why is my spouse you know, spending time away? Why is my spouse not wanting to have deeper discussions? Why is my spouse not wanting to spend time? It's, it's in many ways almost a blame of the spouse. The spouse is the problem here not noticing that it's the relationship that's the problem. So at alert, sometimes people begin to get into a blame process. They start making accusations to each other. They're on alert that something's wrong. They're on alert that the marriage is having trouble, but they're also under the belief that the spouse needs to change something. Something's wrong with that spouse and they need to get it right. As you can imagine, a spouse has a different opinion about that. What happens in a marriage when both people believe that it's the other person that's causing the problem? And so unfortunately, even at alert, only a certain percentage of people will take action. And others continue to think that the spouse will get in a better mood, the spouse will come around, the spouse will figure out what's wrong, And they keep moving forward, which leads us to the next stage, and that's alarm. (laughs) Now the alarm bells are going off. Now we see that there is a big problem. Now we see that things are beginning to fall apart. And suddenly, at alarm, people are in, in reactionary mode they're desperate to go to therapy or go to a conference or have a book read a, uh, a spouse read a book or do something active and so in alarm they're suddenly doing everything to scramble around to get things going now the problem is that while their activity level suddenly skyrockets the relationship energy has bottomed out the connection has bottomed out And so they're applying all of this to a more desperate situation, and often just the actions of that drive the spouse even further away. I had somebody who said that uh, just this last week that their spouse had said, you know, I just don't know what to do. I think I need to get out of the relationship. I don't want to be married anymore. And the other spouse in the next moment said, here's a book about how we can work on our relationship. And the spouse looked at him and said, I just said, I don't want to be married. Now, what happened was the spouse with the book had hit alarm. The spouse that didn't want to work on things was well past alarm at this point. They were well aware of the marriage crisis long before both of them became aware of it. And that's generally what happens. There's an uneven place in this. Many times I hear people say, you know, I I worked on this for years, but the spouse didn't know about the crisis while one person is saying they're working on the relationship. You really can't do that. You can't say you've worked on the relationship when your spouse isn't even aware that there's a problem, but that's often the claim that's made. So we will progress through that process. On a regular basis, I see this. People go from asleep to suddenly being aware. Something wakes them up and they go, oh, we've got a problem here. Well, I hope it goes away. To alert, hmm, this problem seems pretty bad. I hope my spouse gets in line. To alarm, oh my gosh, we're really in trouble. My spouse has to shift gears, has to come back into this relationship so we can make it work. So what's the alternative Oh, well, it's real simple. One word, act. When you become aware that there's a problem, act. When you have an alert going off that something really is brewing and, and your spouse really isn't ap- happy, act. When you are at alarm, you still act, but you have to act more carefully. Back when I was a hospital chaplain, sometimes uh, we had a couple of cases where someone would come in who had been suffering from hypothermia, extreme hypothermia, so much so that the person was comatose and very close to death. And what they had learned over the years is you can't simply warm the person back up rapidly. You have to slowly bring them back to body temperature. Otherwise, they go into shock. They can't handle the stress of the change. They've gone into a kind of a deep state of hibernation with a cold. And you can't suddenly bring them out of that right up to normal body temperature. The body shuts down, the heart has uh, an attack, and many things happen that go wrong because of that. And so it has to happen very slowly but persistently. They have to act. They can't simply have the body sitting there waiting for it to naturally warm up. They have to move it along, but not too fast. The fact is that many times I see people taking the wrong actions. So you have to act, but you want to act to make sure you're doing it in a way that actually addresses the issues that have been a problem. Many times people tell me about things they're doing to fix the issue, but they fail to notice what the real issue is. Had somebody said, well, I try to do date night, and my spouse said, I have no desire to go on a date with you, so I don't know what to do now. See, the problem was, the real issue was disconnection, and date night is a leapfrog in connection. It's kind of like adding too much heat to that poor uh, hyperthermic body. That hypothermic body can't handle that much connection. It has to be slowly warmed in. There are ways to do it. But the danger is trying to throw everything at it at once. You can easily overwhelm a spouse when there's a big crisis. And you simply are doing it because you're in an alarm stage and desperate to make things right. So what do you do? Well, I've already said it. At every stage, act. My hope is that first one, asleep, that you're well beyond that in fact my guess is you're well beyond asleep because you're listening to a podcast on how to save your marriage which tells me that you are at least aware if not at alert or alarm so you want to make a shift to act how are you going to act that will bring the system back online that will bring the connection back into the relationship here's my hope for you I have the Save the Marriage system. It's a program that I have uh, had now uh, for 20 years in various stages of development. As soon as we figure out something better, we add it in. And I have a team of coaches that work with me to make sure that we are keeping on top of that. Because what we do is we learn, we reflect, and we teach. And part of what we're trying to do is make sure that you have the most helpful Most effective and most up-to-date information to help you move through that process. The Save the Marriage system is designed to walk you from disconnection back to connection to understand how to do that. It works from a 3C model. That's my model. My 3C model for restoring a a relationship, which is based in connection, change, and creating a new path. Those are the 3Cs. Only 3Cs you have to focus on. Connect, change, create a new path. My hope is that if you haven't found a path that's working, even if you've made mistakes in the past, even if you've chosen to ignore it in the past, that now you're stepping into this. Now you're ready to take action. And if you are, please join me at savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. If you already have my system, notice where maybe you have been waiting for something to shift instead of taking action. It's time for us to move this along. It's time for us to make sure that your relationship comes back to where you want it to be, the loving relationship that you both would treasure. So join me at savethemarriage.com. Now, to get the most up-to-date, leading-edge information on what to do, take the free week of VIP. I offer it there. It's a free week of my VIP program. Go ahead and grab it. It's one free week. And also sign up to meet with one of my coaches. It's also free. It's about a 15 to 20-minute get-started session to make sure we get you on the right path. The path that doesn't work is being asleep, slowly waking up to an awareness, but allowing it to go further to the point where you're suddenly alert to the problem, still not taking action, aligning yourself with alarm, and then still not acting. Wherever you are, aware, alert, alarm, it's time to act. Join me at SaveTheMarriage.com. That's SaveTheMarriage.com. This is Lee Balkum, wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at SaveTheMarriage.com.